What is up? Welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Owen, sitting down with my good friend and co-host, Robert Chapa. Thanks for being here, Robert. Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me. It is good to be here, guys. <clears throat> this week, we're talking about finding the employees that you want and how to get those ideal employees. So, Cody, I want to pitch this to you. What should lawn care businesses look for when kind of creating their avatar of this is the perfect employee for my business? Yeah. Just to remind guys, as we get started here, we've talked about this in marketing forever, right? When you're thinking about getting new customers in the door, you want to clone your best clients, right? You want to find more people like your best clients. And so we want to translate that idea as we're putting our marketing cap on to get employees in the door. We want to think about, okay, who are my best employees? Who consistently does the best work, causes the least problems, you know, has a great attitude. We want to get more people like that employee in the door. And that's going to look different in the different parts of the business, right? So you're, you know, you would never put your best, you know, guy from the maintenance crew in the office to answer the phone, right? Like that's a whole different set of skills. So your, your best office staff is going to look different from your best mowing maintenance landscape crew guys. But the big things that, that I want you to think about here are once you have like who that person is, when I say your best employee, you have someone in mind, you're, you're picturing someone's face. What do they like about working at your company? So think about what they like. You know, is it the, the hours really work well for them because it means they get to see their kids in the evening? You know, maybe you do sort of that traditional four mowing days with, you know, the option to work Friday if it rains. And so that means they have Fridays off and that's good for them because it's more time with the family, whatever it is. Or, you know, they're a college kid and they love having that three day weekend every weekend to go party, whatever, whatever it looks like for your best employees. Now figure out how you can double down on what they like. What are the features of your business that you can lean harder into that, that that employee already likes? This isn't just going to attract more people like them. It's going to increase the, the longevity, decrease your turnover. If you are leaning into the things that people like about working at your business, if you're you know, finding new ways to increase the the amount that they enjoy working there, you're going to keep them around longer. Think about what other benefits you could provide. Robert, feel free to to chime in if you've got some ideas for benefits before we talk about the like the serious ones. So let's talk more about day to day things, things people think about every day at work. So I know like Marvin Salcedo, we talked to recently when I did, you can still see a uh, shop tour that I did with him on the Lawn Care Millionaire YouTube channel. He had a fridge in the office that was stocked with water and Gatorade and popsicles in the freezer because, you know, we live in Texas. It's going to be over a hundred degrees for a lot of the mowing days in the summer. It's miserable to be out there. And a lot of guys run into this thing. I see this a lot where it's like, oh, if I, you know, put those things in the refrigerator, they're all going to be gone in two days. Well, like, first of all, boohoo. Like, I, I want to be the first to say that to you. If you need to ration the Gatorade because it's expensive and the water's cheap, put less Gatorade in the fridge. 
Like just put a little bit of effort into this. I cannot tell you, you know, I hang out in the wine care Facebook groups and I cannot tell you how many times I have seen grown men whining about how fast other grown men drink Gatorade. I just, why, why are you here to do this? All you have to do is be like, okay, we're going to have, uh, you know, a case a week. I'm going to throw the case in with the waters. When the Gatorade's gone for the week, it's gone. Like you are still fully in control of this. Why do you care how quickly they drink it? Who cares? It, it shouldn't like there. You're still getting the benefit of it being provided. That is, you know, people liking that they work there. I think anybody who's had a job has been through this. Like if you work somewhere and you hear the owner complain about something like that, you're like, this guy's not cool. Like I'm out, you know, you're not, you're like, you lose yeah, investment. Man, it is. I'm just here for the check. You're going to be like that. I'm going to drink more Gatorade, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's thinking about it entirely from your perspective and refusing to put yourself in the shoes of the people that work for you. No one's going to enjoy that. No one's going to enjoy an owner who's angry because they're going to think about it in terms of how much Gatorade they personally drank. And so they're going to go, this dude is angry that I drank $4 of Gatorade. Like you're going to look like a crazy person. And that's where this comes where you like can't enter into how the employees look at things on the popsicle front. You know, you're buying the like flavorized popsicles. They're dirt cheap. I don't care if a guy in the field wants to eat an entire box of them. It's going to cost you, you know, five or six bucks. Like there was another cool thing when I had worked at a, a greenhouse for a while, Cody, that they would, when you started, they would give you like, I think it was around, I'm sure it'd be more now because everything costs more, but like $70, like a gift card when you started so that you can go like, if you're not used to working in that environment and you don't have the gear for that, you can go get yourself whatever type of work pants you want to get. If you need a, like a rain jacket, because sometimes you have to work in the rain depending on where you are. And then mm -hmm. not only that, but as you were there for like six months, a year, you know, you would get extra like on the check, your whatever paycheck that was so that you can upgrade your gear or if you need to get new gear. Because Mm -hmm. You know, you work with some companies and they give you these gloves, these like little plastic, you know, throwaway gloves. And you're like, come on, man, these, you're just running through them. And so you're like, I wish I could buy some leather gloves. I need them for work. And then, you know, if you're given the money, you're going to invest in that better gear. And that's another thing of um, and having employees buy in and they say, hey, you know, my manager or the owner actually cares about us. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. too. And you're able to then like they're able to pick out the thing that works the best for them. And what we see a lot in business, and I think that this is less so in lawn care and more in, I think it might be a question of scale. I think probably in bigger and bigger lawn care businesses, it you start to see the owner being too separated from the work that's being done. And you start to have like one size fits all things pushed onto the employees. When, you know, in a lot of cases, if you haven't been in the field in a few years and you have employees that are doing this job day in and day out, there's probably a point where they know better than you what, what they need to get their job done. And that's not necessarily like, you know, huge equipment purchases or whatever, where, you know, it might be a question of, well, we need to go with this brand because we have this relationship with this dealership, whatever. But when it comes to the, you know, the gloves that they want to wear, they probably know which ones are going to help them do their job better. And it's probably not, you know, the absolute cheapest option. So I love the idea of having, 
you know, I think lawn care businesses should be providing uniforms for employees, you know, shirt wise and everything. We've talked about why that's so important from a branding perspective, but the, the other side is, you know, when you have jobs that require people to wear gloves or, you know, you know, your guys are going to be going through boots or, or outdoor shoes. Uh, you know, maybe you, you can work out something where you provide, you know, like the Cujo workwear shoes I know are pretty popular right now. If you can find a way to give, I know my, my stepdad worked a bunch of blue collar jobs growing up and he always had a, uh, like stipend for boots. I remember him going to the Red Wing store with his like voucher from, he worked at Schlumberger at the time. And so like, think about ways that you can add those benefits for things that they are going to, you know, you're usually not going to wear your lawn mowing boots or shoes to do something else, right? Like they're going to be, you know, stained green and, and you're, you're running through them on the job. So think about ways that you can take care of your guys and meet their needs during the workday that are going to make them feel like you care about them, you trust them. And I know that there's, you know, the specific kind of business owner who hears that kind of thing and they think, oh, people are going to take advantage of it and they're going to spend the $70 on something else. And you know what? You're right. Some of them will. And they're probably going to be, you know, pretty crappy employees otherwise, and they're going to find their way out the door, especially if you've implemented something like pay for performance or something, the kind of guy that's trying to get one over on you and not buy boots or whatever that you gave him money for is probably going to be the kind of guy who can't keep up with good employees anyway. And he's going to find his way out the door and $70 is a good way to find, you know, a decent price to pay to find that out. So I just think that there's a lot of you know, I, it's going to sound ironic to say this while I'm being like super negative on owners, but there's a lot of negativity in the industry that works itself out in having a really shitty culture at your company that, that you are the only person that can fix this. And it can, if you've been down the wrong road for a long time, it's going to take you a long time to earn trust and get people back caring about the company and having a great attitude. But, you know, adding benefits, spending money is the only way that you're going to start to improve that culture. And this isn't like, there's a, a whole joke among, you know, people our age online about like, just throw a pizza party. And I'm not telling you to do that, but you know, maybe you need to. Um, but if you know that like you hate going to the shop because you hate all of your relationships with the guys, you, you kind of dread the work day then they probably feel that too. And they probably feel the same way. So you need to, you know, start thinking about this is a relationship that's gone really bad. And it's going to take a lot to rebuild that relationship. Like any other relationship, if it's gone, gotten to the point with someone that, you know, used to be a friend that you're not communicating with them anymore, you know, there's probably, you know, bruises on both sides there. It's going to take a lot of effort to rebuild that. It's not going to happen because you showed up with a slice of pizza. Let's kind of narrow in on, okay, if we want certain types of employees, what do we need to offer? And so let's get yeah. into, okay, if you want stable people, people who are going to stay with your business for a long time, it's not just a summer job. They're probably in their late 20s, early 30s. They maybe have families. They need a little bit more. They need support. Not a, not a little bit more. They need yeah. support, health insurance. Okay, how do we attract those guys? 
and girls. Yeah. So you can definitely, you can have a mix of employees, right? Like how, you know, we've talked about how when a lawn care company gets bigger, they might have multiple customer avatars. You might have multiple ideal employee types. You might have multiple avatars here as well. So the big thing is that like stable long-term people want to see a path, right? That there is some opportunity for advancement here as the business grows, that they're developing skills that can be used if, you know, for whatever reason they needed to go somewhere else down the line, maybe they needed to move to be closer to family, whatever it is, they want to have skills that transfer to another position with another lawn care company. So this is a big thing. I talked to Martha Woodward about this um, in our pay for performance video, because that's a big part of her implementation of pay for performance is that there needs to be like a clear way to move forward in the company that you can earn, right? So we don't want it to be that, you know, I've worked in a lot of places where the way you got ahead was by being friends with the managers and hanging out with them after hours. And I was never, you know, particularly that kind of guy who wanted to hang out. You know, I was 19 and in college and didn't want to hang out with the 35 year olds that managed the movie theater I worked at. So if you want stable people who are married with families, who are the kind of people who hang around for years, then you know, there needs to be some sort of healthcare option. You need to have some form of, of insurance available to them. That's going to be really important, especially as people, you know, if they're not in college, they're hitting 26, they're rolling off of their parents' insurance plan. That's going to become super impactful for them. And it's going to inform the job that they pick. And they might even take a job that pays less to get access to that benefit because they need it. So if you need to compete with like an Amazon warehouse that's going to give someone full-time hours and it's going to be, you know, worse than mowing in the hot sun, but they're going to have access to health insurance once they're there long enough. Starbucks provides health insurance. So even jobs that you might kind of dismissively think of as, you know, even lower skilled than working in lawn care or landscaping, um, they're bigger companies and they're providing access to these benefits because they're competing with you. You know, there's a, there's a million of us running small businesses. And if we can't provide these benefits, employees are going to have to go to places that do even for less money. So the other thing for serious people is that you need to have some sort of retirement option. I know Robert and I have talked about this as Lightspeed has been growing. Like, what do we, what does that look like for us even? So you need to be thinking about like, is there a 401k program or another program that makes sense? If you do your payroll through Gusto, you, I know that they have 401k partners they can implement that in. I assume that if you're using something else, you know, that will also give you an option to just, you know, it, it dovetails right in and works out of the box. So you don't have to do anything. And then it's just something you're presenting to employees, right? It doesn't cost you a whole lot. You can manage your personal 401k through it as long as you're, you know, paying yourself through the payroll software. And then, you know, that's just another option that employees have. So that is the like stable, long-term grow with the company sort of employee avatar. But then we have this other one. And I talked to Chad Curry about this recently. I don't remember if that episode is out yet, but you might have, you know, a little more transient thing. He's in San Marcos, Texas. There's a you know college in town. He hires a bunch of college kids who are looking for beer money and to be off on Saturdays so that they can tube down the river while they, while they drink the beer they bought with that week's paycheck. So those kids care 
a little bit less about the long-term benefits that the company provides. But what they do care about is the flexibility of the schedule um, so that they can do things, they can work around classes. So you need that sort of flexibility to, to hire college kids. You need to make sure that you're paying top dollar so that they don't go work at Starbucks or work on campus, whatever it is, you know, you are asking people to work in the hot sun. And so you need to keep that in mind as you're setting these sorts of pay rates. But how to actually find these guys and girls in college, usually in every department, there's a job board somewhere or some type of just mm -hmm. general board for the department. You can put anything on there. You can just walk on a campus. Nobody cares what you do. And just go on there, put your job on there, make it to where you like, you pull, you pull the thing. Cause you know, you pull the little slip off of there and oh, yeah. yeah, you just make it like that. That's what, it will, or even on, I've even found when I was in college gigs off Craigslist. So I was mm -hmm. like using Craigslist when I was in college and, and working like if somebody, you know, whatever type of gig it was, I'd find it on Craigslist. You can do indeed as well, which we talk a lot about that, but I think there's easier ways to get the college kids. At the campus, you don't even need to, you don't need to stand there and pass stuff around. Just put it on the board or also like something mm -hmm. like Craigslist or partnering with an organization. Like let's say in lawn care, you can go talk to the head of the horticulture department or the ag department and they will gladly tell people about it. I mean, cause that happened all the time when I was in school, yeah. I was in ag and we'd have like Callaway come. I don't, Callaway, I don't think it's a nationwide thing, but in Texas, it's a massive uh, greenhouse uh, company or they grow a lot of flowers. And so they would come and we'd know about their job postings. And it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking is if you are connected to, you know, any sort of affinity group, if you go to a Baptist church, a Methodist church, whatever it is, they are probably, if you're in a college town, they're probably connected to and sponsoring a student organization. So you can reach out to, you know, whoever your church's contact is with that person. And I'm sure this works the same for, you know, your Rotary Club, athletics, whatever. This is just the one I'm familiar with. But if you reach out and make sure that, you know, whoever is running that student org, usually there's a staff member who's doing that, you let them know, hey, we're looking for, you know, reliable people to work in our lawn care business. If you know anyone that needs work, you know, please send them my way. You, you will get people and the good thing about this, this works the same way with employee referrals, where you get kind of a built in trust because that person doesn't want to screw up and reflect poorly on the organization or the person that referred them in. So you get a, a built in thing where people are going to be like, ooh, you know, it's different than this is a rando I met from Craigslist and started working for. This is someone, you know, put out their neck a little bit to help me get this job. So they're going to treat it with a little more respect. Um, I know that my school had a digital job board and the good thing about that sort of thing, like the job board in the you know dining hall or whatever, or the digital one is that you're only going to get people who need a job, right? I was the kind of person in college where I did not have, you know, a lot of means coming in. I was, you know, very lucky to have a scholarship that paid for school, but I had to work to be able to, to be there. And so I know for at least one of the jobs I got in college, I was the only person that applied. So it was a kind of weird position that I won't get into, but it, 
I was the only person who applied and then showed up for the interview. So I got the job, but I was always there when I was supposed to be. I, you know, put in a lot of hours with that company and it was because I needed a job, right? That's the only reason I responded to the job board. I wasn't like looking for a hobby. I needed to pay rent. So you want to find those kinds of college kids. And if you include in the job posting that it's going to require you to be awake at, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, whenever your go time is, then you're only going to get the kind of kids that are going to show up for that. And people will wash out pretty quickly. I would, I talked to Chad Curry about this a little bit about like acting on red flags really quickly. If you've got a kid who applies for the job and then is, you know, more than five minutes late, uh, once or twice that first week, I, you know, just cut them loose because it's not going to work out. It's just going to continually get worse. So, but you'll find the, the reliable ones and, and that'll be the best way to get ahead in the business. And obviously, you know, make sure you can make allowances for people needing to go out of town, visit family. That was the big thing I always ran into at my college job when I worked at the movie theater was like, Oh, well, we really need coverage and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, guys, there's another movie theater down the street. Like I can, I can leave at any point. So make sure that you're not putting yourself in that kind of position where, you know, Martha talked about this when I talked to her that like when an employee lets them know about a time off request with enough leeway, she's going to even if it means canceling on a crappy customer, she's going to get them that time off because you don't want to, there's no reason to plant that, uh, you know, bad blood in the relationship with the employee. Um, better to do it with a customer who's already you don't like and would rather they leave. Let's real quickly to wrap up here. I want to talk about the open door policy because everyone says that, right? Every boss says that they've got, you know, maybe even a thing on the wall about the open door policy and corporate America loves to. Absolutely. Uh, broadcast that. And then, you know, it's not real. If you work at Starbucks, you can't go talk to Howard Schultz. Like there's no open door <laughs> policy. There's an empty chair in the boardroom that symbolizes you. So if you want to have that sort of policy actually exist in your business, the first step is not announcing we have an open door policy and, you know, leaving your door open so people can come talk to you. You're going to have to go out and build the trust with employees by asking them, Hey, is there anything you need to make your job easier? Is there, um, you know, Hey, is anything, you know, you need to meet with employees for one-on-ones to try to create this culture so that eventually they feel comfortable and they will just come to you when something comes up, but you need to be asking the questions and showing them, you know, putting out that like emotional bid that you care and you want to, you want the culture of the company to reflect this. So that is going to be the best way to actually have that policy more than just words. And I know that, you know, if you're listening to this deep into a podcast where we've talked about culture this much, you do actually care about your employees. You do actually want the company to be a place that you enjoy coming to, that they enjoy coming to, to work. So, hey, if you have made it this far into the episode, please give us a like. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed. And if you are listening in a podcast app, please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars. If you got them for us, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find out about the show. And until next week, grow your business at light speed.